Our opening hymn is I Want Jesus to Walk With Me. Send out your light and truth that they lead me and bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Lord, open our lips and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Alleluia. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. He himself has made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and call upon his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his faithfulness endures from age to age. Psalm 105, give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, and speak of all his marvelous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Search for the Lord in his strength. Continually seek his face. 
Remember the marvels he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, O children of Jacob, his chosen. He led out his people with silver and gold. In all their tribes, there was not one that stumbled. Egypt was glad of their going because they were afraid of them. He spread out a cloud for a covering and a fire to give light in the night season. They asked and quails appeared and he satisfied them with bread from heaven. He opened the rock and water flowed, so the river ran in the dry places. For God remembered his holy word and Abraham his servant. So he led forth his people with gladness, his chosen with shouts of joy. He gave his people the lands of the nations, and they took the fruit of others' toil, that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to the Father, Father and, to and to the Son, Holy Spirit, as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and will be forever. forever. Amen. A reading from Exodus 16. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the, in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into the wil this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked towards the wilderness and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, 
It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. The word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. The first song of Isaiah. Surely it is God who saves me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. For the Lord is my stronghold and my sure defense, and he will be my savior. Therefore, you shall draw water with, with, with rejoicing from the springs of salvation. And on that day, you shall say, give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make his deeds known among the peoples. See that they remember that his name is exalted. Sing the praises of the Lord, for he has done great things. And this is known in all the world. Cry aloud, inhabitants of Zion, Ring out your joy, for the Great One in the midst of you is the Holy One of Israel. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. Philippians. To me, living is Christ and dying is gain. If I, um, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the, in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of all of you for your progress and joy and faith, so I may share abundantly and your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life and manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whenever um, I come and see you, or I, or I'm, or I'm absent and hear about you. I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. This is evident section but of your salvation, this is God's doing. For he has graciously granted you the privilege not of, not only of believing Christ, but of suffering for him as well. Since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now you, um, and now hear that I still have. The word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks be to God. Second song of Isaiah. Seek the Lord while he wills to be found. Call upon him when he draws near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the evil ones their thoughts. And let them turn to the Lord and he will have compassion. And to our God, for he will richly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways, my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens 
are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Reading according to the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one hired us. He, he said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five, five o'clock came, each of them received the, the usual daily rage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I ch choose to with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be the first, and the first will be the last. The word of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In godly play, whenever we tell the story of the people of God in the desert, this is how we begin. The desert is a dangerous place. It is always moving, so it is hard to know where you are. There is little water. So you get thirsty and you can die if no water is found. 
almost nothing grows there. So there is almost nothing to eat. In the daytime, it is hot and the sun scorches your skin. In the nighttime, it is very cold. When the wind blows, the sand stings when it hurts you. The desert is a dangerous place. People do not go into the desert unless they have to. The people of God had to go into the desert. It was the only way to freedom. After they crossed the Red Sea, God showed them where to go by giving them a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God fed them by providing manna by day and quail by night. God gave them water to drink in a place where good water was hard to find. And God delivered them time and time again from their enemies. Finally, after 40 years of providing for the Israelites, God finally brings them out of the wilderness and into the promised land. However, the people of God are not the grateful recipients of these miracles that you would expect. Against the constant threat of survival, the people of God are bitter, quarrelsome, and full of doubt. They say to Moses, if only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. The desert with its ever present dangers and unpredictability has made the Israelites fearful of their circumstances and nostalgic for the time when they were in captivity. Their frightening present made them view their terrible past through rose-colored glasses, because at least then they had a reliable food source and knew what to expect. Moses is annoyed with the Israelites and warns them they are not complaining against him, but God. The Israelites pay no heed to his warning and continue to complain. So Moses takes their message to God, and this is how God responds. Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. Then the next morning when they wake up, they are amazed by the sight of manna. For many of us, this is what unconditional love looks like. God doesn't judge or tell the Israelites to be thankful for what they have or for what God has done for them. God listens. God validates their experience of suffering, and God invites them to draw near, to seek comfort from their Lord. Then God provides, and not only does God provide, God provides abundantly. Moreover, God doesn't ask for anything in return. God does not make Israel work for their food, but out of an abundance of love and concern for them, God provides. Then we skip forward 40 years and the people of God make it to the land of milk and honey. At least this is how we tell the story in godly play. And this is probably how many of us here remember the story of manna. We probably all know the Exodus version of the story very well, but many of us forget that another version of the story is also told and it's told in the book of Numbers. In Numbers, 
God is not the insufferably patient and loving provider, but a fed up parent, a parent who is frustrated with their children because nothing they do seems to be enough for their children. Moses, the adopted Israel, is also frustrated by Israel's insatiable hunger. Not only do they complain that the manna is unappetizing, they also complain that they do not have meat to eat. Moses says to God, why have you treated your servant so badly? Why have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive all this people? Did I give birth to them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a suckling child to the land you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where am I to get meat to give to all these people? For they come weeping to me and say, give us meat to eat. I am not able to carry all this people alone, for they are too heavy for me. If this is the way you are going to treat me, put me to death at once. If I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my misery. Now, this prayer, Moses' prayer here, is atypical of Moses' usual prayers. Typically, Moses intercedes for the people of God and mediates between God and the people. But instead here, Moses speaks directly to God about his own circumstances. He bears his soul. He is overwhelmed by the hunger and dissatisfaction of the people. In doing so, Moses describes himself as a mother and uses motherhood as the ultimate symbol of devotion. He cites a mother's enormous love and compassion, concern for all of her children's needs, and boundless dedication. And not only do we see the qualities of a caring parent here, in Moses' words, we also see the enormous burden of caregiving in a time of scarcity. God hears the complaining, and God hears Moses' misery. So God tells Moses to say this to the Israelites. You shall eat not only one day, or two days, or five days, or ten days, or twenty days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you. Because you have rejected the Lord who is among you, and have wailed before him, saying, Why did we ever leave Egypt? And then God provides quail in abundance. And then while they are still eating the quail, God strikes the people with a plague. We don't tell this version of the story to children because most young children would have a hard time understanding why a parent could be frustrated by their complaining. For the rest of us, it's disturbing to hear about God striking down his own people with a plague. And it's a detail many of us like to skip over. And lastly, this version could also be upsetting to those of us who did not grow up with parents who modeled unconditional love and patience. However, I think we need to hear both these stories, both these versions, because both versions reveal the dynamic and complex character of God, and it captures the dynamic and complex relationship between parent and child. All parents strive to be like Moses and like God in the Exodus version of this story. But just like God, 
They too have their limits, especially when dealing with hungry and traumatized children that cannot be satiated. In hearing both stories, we see the fuller image of God as a parent. And like a parent, God is faithful and attentive. But also because God cares so deeply and is so emotionally involved and invested in the lives of God's children, tensions and quarrels arise, and God sometimes acts out of frustration rather than compassion. To be clear, I don't think any parent should curse their children with a plague in a moment of frustration. And moreover, scholars are undecided as to why God even needed to strike down the people with a plague in the first place. Maybe it's a need to display God's power, or perhaps it is an act of discipline, or it is simply an expression of divine frustration. Regardless of why God punishes the people, the warning is still unheeded, and the Israelites still complain. They complain bitterly the entire 40 years they are in the desert. In both Exodus and in Numbers, the people of God are hungry, and nothing God does, whether it is providing for them from a place of compassionate patience or out of divine frustration, will satiate the people. Rachel Havelrock, a commentator on the Torah, asks, why are the people so hungry? Perhaps the trauma of slavery has left a residue of deprivation, or perhaps meals allow for some regularity during the journey through an unknown wilderness. The plot of the Torah implies that the people can find satisfaction only when they partake of the homeland's fruits. Hunger is indicative of exile, and Israel is not sated until it finds a home. Like the Israelites, we too are cranky, unhappy, and restless. Nothing we do will satiate us, and we are hungry because shelter in place is its own kind of exile. We hunger for meaningful rituals like funerals, baby showers, weddings, the sound of the bell telling us class is over for the day, for sports games, for vacations, and for being together to celebrate the Eucharist in community. We hunger for all these things, and it doesn't matter how good we've been able to adapt virtually. There is something missing, and there is a hunger in us that will not be satisfied until we make it out of exile, until we make it out of the wilderness. That is okay. If anything, the Exodus and Numbers stories tell us that it is all right to complain, and even all right to complain bitterly. Just don't be surprised when a loved one responds to our complaining with frustration. I will leave you all with this final thought. What if our virtual morning prayer was like manna in the wilderness? Maybe meeting like this on Sundays is a reminder of some form of regularity during this pandemic. For some of you, this morning prayer may be like the magical manna that is unearthed under morning dew in Exodus. And for others, 
virtual morning prayer is like the dry manna the Israelites complained about in Numbers. Either way, it doesn't compare to the bread and meat the Israelites longed for in Egypt, and it does not compare to the milk and honey in the Promised Land. When, the, when these dissatisfactions inevitably arise, and when we start to feel the rumblings of hunger pains, I invite us to pause and take note of them. Let those pains remind us that the bitterness and restlessness are symptoms of us longing for our true home. Amen. At this time, I would like to invite folks to pick up any electronic device. Um, I just have my cell phone on me, but if you have a keyboard or a mouse or a webcam or anything, we are going to plus them uh, at this time. God, you call us to share your good news of love, justice, and peace with a world in need, which have allowed people to develop new ways of listening to the voices of many others attending to their interests and concerns, connecting with diverse peoples and groups, and engaging them as a people of faith. At this time, please raise your device or put your hand over your computer, whatever you're more comfortable with. Um, but if you can share a device that, so we can all see them, that'd be great. And now we will bless our devices. God, we ask your blessing on our many devices we use to love and serve our neighbors in a changing world. May they never become distractions from relationships or idols in our hands. May we always remember that your son, Jesus Christ, is the one true mediator of your love and grace in this wired world. Amen. And now we continue with the Apostles' Creed on page 10. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, give us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Continue on page 11. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Grant us, Lord, not to be anxious about earthly things, but to love things heavenly, and even now, while we are placed among things that are passing away, to hold fast to those that shall endure. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. O oh God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your Son, our Lord. Give us this day such blessing through our worship of you, that the week to come may be spent in your favor. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord God, almighty and everlasting Father, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin, nor be overcome by adversity, and in all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God, our protector, help us survive the smoke wall and the coronavirus to prosper after and get back to as normal as possible. God, in your love, hear our prayer. God, our creator, we weep with you as we watch over the destruction of forests, homes, and beloved creatures. We ask that you continue to protect those who risk their lives to put out the fires and help us come together as a community to shelter and provide for all those who have lost homes and livelihoods due to the fires. Forgive us for what we have done and for what we have left undone. God in your love, hear our prayer. God, our eternal parent, watch over our parents and children as they learn how to do school in a new way. Be with them as they mourn the loss of what should be and help them to know you are there when they feel sad, overwhelmed, and tired. We ask for children to be patient with their parents, as many are taking on unexpected roles in this season. And we ask for parents to rejoice in the new things they learn from their about themselves and about their children. God, in your love, hear our prayer. God, our beloved teacher, we ask your wisdom to be with teachers, caregivers, administrators, aides, and all school employees. And we ask that you give them inspiration and energy to help meet their needs as well as the needs of all they serve. 
We thank you for their leadership, their creativity, their passion, and with hearts of gratitude, we ask for your continued blessing over them. God, in your love, hear our prayer. God, our provider, we lift up to you the many children in Washington State without access to the internet and who do not own technological devices. We also lift up students with special needs and students who rely on the school system for food and safety. Help us do our part so that no child gets left behind. God in your love, hear our prayer. God our sustainer, we ask that you sustain our college and graduate students as they go out into the world, protect them as they resume in-person classes and help them to overcome the many obstacles shelter in place presents. We pray for their safety and we ask for you to watch over them. God in your love, hear our prayer. God our healer, we thank you for doctors, nurses, EMT, and all medical professionals as they have been your hands and feet the entire time in this crisis. Thank you for showing us your presence in the world through them. And we ask for your continued protection over them. God in your love, hear our prayer. God our comforter, we ask your comfort for those who are burdened by the isolation of shelter in place. Be with us as we grieve the loss of being together, of not being together in person. Sustain our weary hearts and show compassion on us as we are growing restless and anxious as we prepare for many more months in the wilderness. God in your love, hear our prayer. God, our Redeemer, give us courage to listen, learn, and do the hard work of repentance for the systems of racism we unwittingly support. Set us on a new trajectory for our life in the world, a complete transformation of thought and behavior, following the way of Jesus. Help us live into the beloved community that we are truly meant to be, reflecting God's image into the world. God, in your love, hear our prayer. Bless all those whose lives are closely linked with ours, especially those with birthdays this week and recently this week. Peter Jeffrey Riley, Barb Beatty, Sue Paulson, Lee Shepard, and Janine Marshall and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble, especially Karen Blankenship, Niall Clark, Glenn Crosby, Glorianne Crosby, Deanna Glenn, Diane Goodman, Lorna Hamill, Bob Hayward, Hannah Hooper, Rosemary Howell, Peter Mackenheimer, Michael Miller, Claire Parkinson, Pam Rhodes, Karen Rowley, Ron Smith, Vicki Smith, Don Snow, Lillianne Snow, William Victory, Michael Wandell, Julie Wiegand, and Peter Wiley, that they may be delivered from their distress. Give to the departed eternally, eternal rest, especially Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Justice, 
Kyle Shelton, Janet Strove, and all those who mourn. Let light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints you have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. At this time, I invite folks to add any additional prayers into the chat. God, thank you so much for our youth and the joy and energy they bring to this congregation. And God, we also offer to you all the prayers that we have said out loud and the prayers that we keep in our hearts. God, in your love, hear our prayer. We continue at the bottom of page 13. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions, as may be best for us, granting us in the, this world knowledge of your truth in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen. Sorry, I'm I was sorry. We continue on page 13. Almighty God, you have given us grace this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen.
Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church, and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come, longing just to bring something that's a word that will bless your heart. I bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within, through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. King of endless words, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours, every single breath. I'll bring you more than a song for a song in this sin. It's not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus.